Good morning. Happy New Year. My name is Amelia, and I am so glad that you could join us today uh, for our first Sunday service of 2022. It is unfortunate that we must go back to the Zoom world for the time being, but I do hope that you had a great holiday and that you and your loved ones stay safe and healthy. I had a good break. It was nice to get out of town for a little bit and refresh. However, I must admit, I feel a lot of anxiety as the new year is kicking in. What is 2022 going to be like? Are we going to see the end of the pandemic? Besides my children, I have not seen any member of my family for two and a half years. Will I be able to see them again? So many things have changed in the last couple of years and with the continuing uncertainties, I keep asking myself, what are the things that are worth fighting for? What are the things that I should just learn to accept and embrace? Sometime last year, my eight-year-old daughter discovered that her brother uh, is, was getting an iPhone for his birthday. She knew that this was not something to be jealous about because she knew that one day she would get hers too. But what's the fun of having a sibling if you don't get to compare and compete with them, right? So my daughter made a comment. It's not fair. I did not get a phone for my birthday. And all I'm asking for is the iPhone 12. So I said, first of all, your brother is getting a pre-owned older phone. And second of all, I think you know that one day you will get a phone too. Now, because my daughter really did understand this rule that we had and she did not prepare for any uh, further argument, she gave me a big smile and said, well, I need to speak to your manager. To which I responded, really? You need to speak to Kevin, our church office manager. The last couple of years have not been easy for everyone. Um, the world has been fighting a highly infectious and deadly disease. We have lost our loved ones, many have gotten sick, some lost their jobs, even their homes, um, families torn apart, borders closed down, office and schools and businesses shut down. There are a whole lot of other problems and challenges that um, have come up as a result of the pandemic and the world being placed on a halt. With so many battles to fight and the high level of stress, it is easy to get triggered, angered, even discouraged, even as the new year is rolling in. One particular uh, cultural phenomenon or meme is Karen. Have you guys heard this? 
Karen has become viral in this crisis, partly because some uh, find the joke to be funny, but also because this meme seems to capture the fraught feeling of our times. According to Heather Suzanne Woods, a meme researcher and professor at Kansas State University, Karen has become a stereotype for someone who is entitled, selfish, and demands the world to fit into their standards with little regards for others, often by weaponizing their perceived privilege to demean others. For example, someone was called a Karen because she fabricated accusation against a black man after being politely asked to put her dog on a leash, as the park rules stated. Another example is an adult throwing a tantrum after being asked to wear a mask while shopping in a grocery store. Now, this meme is certainly unfair to those who are actually named Karen. Uh, stereotypes and overly uh, generalized ideas can be harmful and often lead to a not very healthy perception of our reality. However, the virality of this meme does reveal one way our society is navigating how to set behavioral standards in this new environment and how to police one another. The ever-changing guidance and conflicting mandates for quarantine, mask, vaccine amongst the states is not only confusing, but can also be very frustrating. For Karens, Kens, Kevins, Amelias, for everyone. Having to constantly adjust our routines, our plans, and our expectations can be very, very hard. It has been four months since my fridge broke down and I ordered a new one. Now, although the new fridge is here and is functioning, it came without the front panels. How many calls should I make to get this sorted? How many managers do I need to speak to? After trying to get an appointment for many weeks, I finally found and hired a plumber who did not just overcharge me, but actually also violated a code. How should I fight for this? How can I make sure that my rights are being honored? Or maybe you are in conflict with someone or you're in a difficult situation where you are being misjudged or treated unfairly. It must be hard. When we are under a lot of stress and the pandemic certainly adds to the struggle and the complexity, it can feel like we are fighting battles after battles. Growing up, as an ethnic and religious minority, I was taught a lot, a lot how to keep my head down 
and let things go in times of battle. When the war on Christmas actually meant explosive threats in the church building, you would hear different messages, messages coming from the church pulpits. Growing up, I heard a lot about turning the other cheek and not so much about flipping the tables at the temple court. So it has been an interesting personal journey for me to navigate what it means to speak up, to demand for fairness and equality, to fight for injustice, to fight my battles like Jesus fights. This coming Thursday, January 6th, is the epiphany. It is the time when Christians remember the wise men who visited Jesus. So I want us to read from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Jesus is God's response to the world that is broken and unjust. To resist the systems of the world, God answers with vulnerability, a young child, a baby, to confront the patriarchal society and the ego of the times, God came through a woman's body to challenge the rulers and the powers that be. God invited the shepherds and the foreigners. In stressful times, uh, we often feel like everything's against us. We have to fight for everything and against everyone. 
But the Christmas narrative offers us a new ways to see ourselves and a new way to respond to our situations. God, who although powerful, does not rule or fight with might. God uses a whole different set of standards and method than the ones that the world recognizes and uses. When the ruler of this world used threats and intimidation, God attracts the wise and possibly educated men from far away through a star, astronomy, and science. God brings these noble men down to their knees by pulling the strings of their hearts in ways that maybe only a baby or a young child can do. Christmas is a thoughtful, creative, and non-threatening, even vulnerable response towards injustices and brokenness of the world. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So, if we recognize that our battle is not against people, I wonder if we would feel less angry, less entitled. A recently passing Archbishop, Desmond Tutu, said that when we see others as the enemy, we risk becoming what we hate. When we oppress others, we end up oppressing ourselves. But if we can respond through weakness and vulnerability, we can learn empathy and discover our soul. So, if we begin our battles with a new narrative, where we are not at odds with one another, but rather seeing each other as people, bringing different ingredients to, let's say, a bowl of salad. I wonder how this would affect the way we communicate to one another. Will our language and tone be different? Instead of pushing our agenda, I wonder if we would become more thoughtful about our contribution. How do I make others feel? Does my lattice work with a salad dressing? Maybe I should replace the carrots with the mushroom. I wonder if we end up cooperating more, maybe even create uh, more effective solutions while making new friends. Can we, as Christians or Americans or both, surprise the world by the new ways we exercise our rights and privileges? Can we surprise ourselves by the new ways we are handling our situations?
if we can truly embrace the Christmas narrative into our hearts and lives, it could really be a gift that keeps on giving. It could transform the way we respond to mistreatment, unfairness, and struggles in the new year. Some of you like to make New Year's resolution. What you want to do, what you want to pursue, what you hope will happen in the new year. By all means, if you find this helpful, you should do that. But if making resolution is not your thing, I have one practical suggestion, and that is to renew our narrative about ourselves and about God. It could be like a mantra, you know, a sentence or two to meditate upon and remind us of our new ways of responding and handling our situation in this new year. For me, a lyric from the song, Surrounded by the Upper Room, that says, this is how I fight my battle. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I hope you have a wonderful first week of 2022. Thank you.